please watch this before the end of the year. Before the end of the year, watch what's happening. At the top of your page, what I want to talk about today is don't play it safe. And this is going to be, hunt your neighbor and say, now this, this might be a little rough. So I know you've been enjoying Christmas. Uh, we ate real good yesterday. Y'all ate real good. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. But if I'm asking you to hear what I'm saying as what I'm saying, that's it. There's nothing mixed in it. It's just where God has us right now. Say it again. Don't play it safe. Now, in Luke 19, there's a great story. There, there's, there, there's, there's a great story of Jesus when Jesus was... Uh, Jesus was teaching and preaching on the street. There was a man named, a man named Zacchaeus. He was a, he was a, it says short in stature, so we guess he was under six feet tall. He couldn't see over the crowd. He couldn't see over the crowd, but Jesus was coming, so he climbed into a tree. He climbed into that tree, and when Jesus saw him, Jesus said, come down out of the tree because I'm coming to your house. This was an issue. In today's world, the IRS, we don't necessarily see them as thieves. But in those days, the tax collector was a thief, a bully, a gangster, a syndicate. So even after you paid the government, the tax collector would come and take extra money. You want to stay in business? You got to give me part of it. So for Jesus to say, I'm going to his house, while thousands were watching him, everybody was thrown off. But Jesus went to his house. When he got to the house, Zacchaeus said, if you're in my house, I have to get right. So I'll forgive anybody who owes me, and I'll give back to everybody I stole from. He used the word stole. Everybody I stole from, I'm going to give them four times what I stole. Jesus said, now you understand that salvation or the kingdom of God has come to this house. Now, this, this wasn't a joyous thing to most people listening. Because, you know, you don't want your thief to be saved. That's been twisting your arm and, and making you do stuff. But he gets saved. He restores all to everyone. And he says the kingdom of God has come to this house. Now, but when that happened, when he said salvation or the kingdom has come to this house, this threw everybody in a loop. So in the very next verse, Jesus says these words that are important for us to hear. Put them on the screen for me. So he says, now they heard these things. They're watching Jesus deal with Zach. They're watching Jesus deal with Zacchaeus, and this was what was going on in Jesus' head. He spoke another parable. Why did he speak this next parable? It's right there in the verse. Because they believed the kingdom would come instantly. Okay. Put this in your notes. They thought the kingdom would come instantly. If the kingdom would come instantly to a man that's been stealing, we know he's a sinner. So it must be coming to all of us before we go to bed tonight. So this is going to be quick, fast, and in a hurry. So Jesus is telling this parable because they thought, everybody listening thought, well, the kingdom is coming quick. He did not, he could not afford to let people think that the kingdom comes to your life overnight. That everything's not going to be made all right. That after this week of taking time off work, spending time with your family, all the glee, all the happy Christmas songs, those all went away today, I hope. If you're still singing them songs tomorrow, it means you're stuck in a psychosis. And the songs make you feel good even though things aren't going well. The kingdom doesn't come like that. As a matter of fact, here's the point I want you to write down. The kingdom comes progressively in your life. It's progressive. And when I say the kingdom, I mean perfect peace, harmony, nothing missing in your life, nothing broken in your life. 
It doesn't come instantly. It doesn't come when you get saved. True living in the kingdom comes progressively. It comes over time. Am I okay? Are you okay? It comes over time. And Jesus is saying, I don't want any of you to get this mixed up. Because if you get it mixed up, you think that praying, singing, or whatever happens in your life, especially in church, is enough. So that's why he's telling this parable. Are we straight? Watch this parable. It's amazing. So, so therefore, he said, but he's saying, a certain man, a certain man, he's just pointing a certain man out, a certain man, a noble man, went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. This is Jesus, obviously. This is Jesus who went into a foreign country, earth, to receive his kingdom. This is what happens, though, in this case. He called ten of his servants to him. Ten of his servants, and he delivered them ten minas. This is actually money uh, denominations in this particular case. In the other gospels, it's mentioned as a talent, a gift, a talent or a gift. He gave them all a talent or a gift. And he said to them, once he gave it to them, he said, now operate, operate, operate with the opportunities that I am giving you. That's what this talent is. It's an opportunity for you to do business until I come. So whatever I've given you, I want you to do business with it. And people tell me this all the time, and I'm telling you it makes my toes curl up in my shoes. I'm not a business person. Everybody's a business person. If you get a paycheck, you're a business person. If you have a shoe, you are a business person. If you have a gift, you are a business person, not because I said it. He said it. I'm going to give you this. You do business with it. And what that business literally means is operate with the opportunities I give you until I come back. And I can't, AWC, I can't just let you walk into next year. without you realizing what you've done the last year. Because all that either coma, either you've been in a coma or you've been working hard behind the scenes these last year, working on something, dreaming about something, your hands in something bigger than you, or you've just not been doing anything. Yeah. Just got quiet. <laughs> so he says, do business. Your opportunities is what God's given you. Money, talent, gift, calling, dreams, whatever those things he plants in your head and your heart. That's what he's given to you. You don't, you don't need to work in anybody else's business. You don't need to mind anybody else's business. But he expects you to mind your own. Now, let's keep reading. Y'all okay with Bible study? Here's the issue now. But his citizens, the ones he was supposed to be king over, this is what happens. But his citizens hated him <laughs> and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. This is Jesus. There's this fight. There's this fight over Jesus and his reigning as king. The parable now, the parable is being told because he went to Zacchaeus' house and everybody saw what happened in Zacchaeus' life and they thought it's going to happen instantly for them. So Jesus said, I got to talk to y'all because this ain't going to happen by tomorrow. This is, this is not going to, Martin, this is not, this is not going to happen tomorrow. You're going to... The dream at 13, by the time you're 60, you might not, you, I will have brought you from a long way, but you will not be there yet. And Pastor, I could have stayed at home today after Christmas if this was what it's going to be. No, Jesus, yesterday wasn't his birthday.
I'm not going to get into that. I would tell you whose birthday it is, but that would freak you out. So he's telling this story because of where people are. They didn't want him. They did not want him to have kingdomship over them. Verse 15. And so it was that when he returned, say he got it anyway. They didn't want him to get his kingdom. But when he came back to them, he had it. Let me go right to my point. Everything and everybody does not want you to have your kingdom. Everything, everybody in your life, everybody around you, they don't all necessarily want you to have your kingdom. When I say kingdom, I mean your own dominion. Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 26, Genesis 2, all these scriptures are simply about, and God created man in his own image, and he gave him power or dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, the creeping things. That's what you were given. Every human being was given that. But it's not going to be easy getting the kingdom he assigned you to. That dominion in your life is going to take worth. Say, don't play it easy. Don't play it easy. Don't play it easy. Don't always take the easy route. Don't avoid difficulty. Don't expect Jesus to make your road Straight all the time. The tougher it is, the bigger the, bigger the thing he wants to give you. Don't matter who leave you. You just can't leave you. Y'all better, okay. And whoever has that kind of control over you need to leave. So, and so it was then that he returned, having received the kingdom. What did he say? And he then commanded, he commanded the servants he gave this stuff to. He didn't tell them about the fight he had getting his kingdom. He didn't tell them about anything. But he came and he found these people <laughs> that he gave these talents to, these gifts to. Right? And what did he say? And he said... To whom he gave the gift, the money, and he called them, why? That he might know how much every man had gained by trading. What did you trade your gift for? Did you trade it for money? Did you trade it for influence? Did you trade it? Did you tra I mean, what did you, did you trade it for power? You have to trade, you have to trade with this gift. You have to use this gift. He has an expectation of you. Pastor, so heavy. Mm -mm. You're going to be so free. He, he, he has an expectation of me and you. I, come and talk to me about what you gained with your gift by trading back and forth with others. He ordered them to come before him. He didn't say, hey, let's, you know, let's, let's have a talk over some fried turkey. No, he said, no, this is a business meeting. <laughs> what did you do with the dream I gave you? Well, they didn't want me to have it. Who is D-E-Y? Who is they? <laughs> Who is the day? Who are these people? What is this system other than my kingdom that you've been bowing to? Do, I mean, do you really believe the commercials? Do you really believe the TV programs? Y'all, I'm sorry. I was watching a cowboy movie, and I, God just said, watch it. On them off channels from way back in the day. And I said, ooh, we, this was propaganda for sure. Like, no. So everything and everybody don't want you to have your kingdom, but God expects you to gain. He expects you to gain. He never expects you to lose. Never. 
It's not his expectation. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do with the talent he gave you. He believes you're going to win every time. Are we good? Verse 16, read it with me. Then came the first saying, Master, your mina has earned 10. This dude turned one into 10. Shoot. So he says to him, he said to him, well done, good and faithful. I mean, no, that's the other one. Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a little, have authority over 10 cities. Luke is the only one that writes it this way. You turn one into 10, now I'm going to give you leadership over more people, more systems, more money. Because you figured out how to turn one into 10. Now, y'all, I'm just telling you right now, one into 10 in the stock market or any other investment, that's stupid crazy. That is amazing if you can do that. Now, I don't know how long he was gone, but he turned it into 10. Amazing. Y'all good? Now, let's read. So you're going you're gonna to have 10 cities. And the second came to him and said, Master, your mina has earned five. He turned one into five, which is still amazing. So he said, likewise to him, you'll also be over five cities. I'm going to trust you. With more. So here's what you write down on this one. Your dominion grows as you work. <laughs> you can't take someone else's dominion. That's stealing. But if you never work, your dominion never grows. How many of y'all know work is difficult? You got to be thinking when you when you get that when you get that check, you got to be thinking about that check. Well, it ain't much. Well, it's what you got. This is your business right here. <laughs> this is your business. How are you going to manage this business? Your talent is education, your talent is media, your talent is family. Whatever that talent or gift is in you, how have you worked it the last year? Because that is going to be how you're judged. Ask your neighbor, are you working it or are you afraid? And tell your neighbor, don't play safe. I'm going to prove something to you here in just a moment. Here in just a moment, if y'all okay with that. Verse 20, then another, then another came saying, Master, here we go. This is what I want to talk about. Read it with me. Master, here is your Mina, which I... I, I, I kept it now. What happened was I kept it put away in this handkerchief. But here it is. Safe. Sound. How many cities he finna get? No, something worse is getting ready to happen. Look at your neighbor and say, you want a city? Now, the city here doesn't mean I'm going to make you mayor of Omaha. No, it, means, it simply means I'm going to give you a higher level of authority and government in your life. So watch what he says now. He says, here it is in a handkerchief. Now, now he's going to describe why he did it. What happened was, what happened was, what happened was, you sent me, you, you got me, you gave me the scholarship for medical school. You opened the door for me to start this business. You showed me the pretty girl, the handsome boy. I decided not to do it because I was scared of you. Let me just read. I was scared of you because you're an austere man. Get to that. You collect where you did not deposit. Absolutely. That's what I am. My hands can only work 24 hours. My hands can only work about eight hours a day. But that dollar bill can work 24-7 around the world. He says, he, he, okay, he says, you collect what you do, don't deposit. 
and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your mouth, I'm going to judge you, you wicked servant. Sorry, you wicked servant. Wickedness is not smoking and drinking. Okay, uh, uh, that's just killing yourself. That's just suicide. Okay, so uh, uh, you knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. So verse 23, read it. Why then did you not put my money? At least when I came back, I would have got, shoot, uh, 0000.1. Zero, 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 uh, <laughs> why, why didn't you put it in the bank? And at my coming, I could have collected it with interest. Why didn't you use your talent? Okay, I'm a great singer. Where have you sung? You can go to a convalescent home and sing for free. Did you go there? Well, I'm going to make movies. When was the last time you just made a 15-second TikTok movie? You can't be like having a talent and you ain't did nothing. This is not going to work. And I'm going to show you. So why, wait, verse 24. And he said to those who stood by, he said, he said, listen, I'm telling you a story. He's not really talking to real men. It's a parable. It's a parable. So there were no people there being judged. So don't you be judged by what I'm saying. Don't hear this from judgment. Don't hear this from judgment. Because if, if it was real judgment, I'd be in trouble too. But he said to them who were standing around, take the talent I gave him and give it to the guy who has 10, not the guy who has five. Give it to the guy who has 10. But they say, Master, he has 10 minas. He already has 10. He has 10. Why wouldn't we just give it to someone else? Y'all. Okay. I can talk to my family in a different way. We can scream and yell and argue and have discussions. He is saying to them, Williams family, he is saying, they're like, why? He already has 10. Why would you give him another one? Why would you make the rich richer? This makes no sense to us. You have no real excuse, Callie, Joshua, Vanessa. Martin and Linnell, we don't have an excuse. We have to stand before God and say, I really got caught up in too much and I didn't finish this in 2021. It's nobody's fault. It's mine. I missed it. Because I did. I missed some stuff. I got tangled up in some wrong stuff. I let too many weeks go by. I let too many people with their words trip me up. Well, who are you really? What are you really? And I'm like, I'm just Martin. Call me Martin. Call me Martin. Well, are you Pastor Martin, Dr. Martin, whatever? Why are you involved in that? Why are you doing that over there? Is this too much? You're doing all this stuff. We don't know who you are anymore. Why did I care? My wife said to me, why do you care what they think about what you think? They don't even know what to think about you. You don't know what to think about you. So just keep doing what you're doing. Because everybody wants to put you in a box. They want to label you. Because if I can label you coronavirus, I can make a vaccine to cancel you. One of the biggest things you need to fight is having people label you, tell you who they think you are. Because don't none of us know you. There's not a person in this room who knows who you are. You and God. He whispers his secrets to you. He reveals himself to you. And I'll never be the pastor to tell you believe everything I say. Girl, go home. Get on your face in your little closet and say, God, who is I'm is? <laughs> who am I? How did you make me? Why am I here? What are my talents? What are my dreams? What are you saying to me? And when God speaks to you, you can leave that closet and just be that. 
Okay, so this is what the Bible says, and it's in red now. Watch what Jesus says. Master, he has 10. Put the other one up there. Put the other one up there. He has 10. Here's what we want you to know. But he said, but they said to him, he has 10. This is what Jesus said. For I say to you, read it. I say to you. This is Jesus. This is not your preacher. This is not your denomination. This is not your bishop. This is Jesus. Jesus is saying, Jesus, say Jesus. That's who this is right here. He said, look, I'm saying to you, Everybody who has their opportunities and used them, I'm going to give them some more. But everybody who has opportunities and don't use them, I'm taking them because I am austere. The reason Martin doesn't have opportunities is because he squandered one in his past. And now he's not trusted with that one, big one yet. And he has to work his way back into the big one. And once I started getting the big ones, I had to say, whoa, I'm not going to mess this up right here. This is the, this is the, this is the big one. Y'all, are y'all listening to me at all? Because whoever, okay, okay, this says right here, to everyone who has, more will be given. Y'all think he's talking about money. He's talking about opportunities. He has no faith to waste. So you can't play it safe. Because safety with God means no faith. God hates safe. Well, I'm waiting. Waiting to what? Waiting on who? <laughs> what am I waiting on? Who am I waiting on? The people I'm waiting on can't help me with this no way. Is it hot in here yet? Okay, so I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. I'm trying real hard. So he says, so here's my, hmm. I'm reading this and I'm going, hmm. I just want to think about this a bit. Y'all help me think. Can y'all help me think? Let's just think about this just for a minute. Hmm. The story we just read, really he's saying, uh, I'm saying in my head, why, why are you so hard on him? He didn't lose the money. He, he didn't lose it. He still has it. He even gave it back to you. <laughs> I mean, does this even make sense? In, in my head, I'm going, hmm. He was afraid of God. He was afraid of the person who gave it to him. Does that even make sense? He knew God had high standards. He, he knew God had high standards. That scared him. You know, you can end up married to the wrong person because you avoid the one that has high standards. I'm going to stay out of that. Wicked people are called wicked because they never use their talent. Jesus took care of sin. So anything you do, he can forgive in an instant. But the one thing that works against you is when you don't use what you were given. That's going to work against you. Am I making sense at all? People on the front rows like, man, we should shut in the back today. I'm so glad y'all up here. <laughs> Opportunities are earned by your last action. What else am I missing in this story? Quick, quick, quick. I know it's Bible class. Forget the cameras for all that. 
What else? What did you say? When we were reading it, what did you say hmm about? Anybody? He thought what he was doing was best, perhaps. Laziness. Whoa, just like that, huh? <laughs> Faith without works is dead. He didn't know who he was. He didn't recognize his talent. He didn't do nothing with it. <laughs> He's like, period, with the T. <laughs> what happened to the other seven? They're not even in the story. What happened to those guys and girls? What else am I missing in the story? Fear of losing the little he had. Letting opportunities go by. Every opportunity, some opportunities may be too big for you to swallow. And that's why you look for partners. Well, I don't work with nobody. Stay broke. Yes, now, he took away what publicly, take it away from him and give it to the one guy. Give it to the 10 guy. Did the 10 guy ask for it? I asked y'all a question up in this Sunday school. I asked you a question. We're in Sunday school. You got to answer my question or we're going to get stuck and regular church service is not going to start. Did the 10 guy ask for it? His actions asked for it, and he earned it. The psychology of the world we live in simply wants to take your soul so you never do anything with what you got. When you should go home and just control what you can control. Don't con try to control other people, what they think, what they're doing. Just control you. Fear always paralyzes. I'm having a good time. We should do this on Wednesday night. Fear, it always paralyzes you. But Jesus, out this, this flowery, fluffy dude, they keep praying about, oh, this is the grace of God. I'm telling you, he ain't with that maintenance program. Jesus is not into your maintaining. Well, I ain't never heard of that Jesus. He all over this book. A man who comes before God must show himself first to be faithful. If you're going to present yourself, present yourself. When, when you go before someone, you got to present yourself as a holy person who understands and can divide the word of God. You've got to be in the place you're at with understanding of why you're there. It's an assignment. Once you know and it's an assignment, you can't fail. Am I making any sense? I believe I am. So now... Uh, I thought about some other things. He says, now you're excellent. You gather where you didn't plant. So I'm trying to figure out, is this fair? Is God fair? I'm asking you, Sunday school class, is God fair? Is it fair? Is it fair for him? Is it fair for him to take away the one and give it to the ten? Is it, is it fair? Oh, I can't hear y'all in the back. Is it fair? Is, is it fair? Is it fair? Is it fair? Is it fair? What is the definition of fair? When you go to a soccer game of your three, four, five-year-old, and it's the championship game, everybody gets a trophy. No, no, no. You said, no, no. You said God was fair. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody, every kid. Because they don't want any kid to feel like this was not fair. So they give out trophies to everybody. So you think it's fair. Your kid, and I told him, my son's team did not win. He cannot take that trophy. Because sports ain't fair. 
Life is not fair. Money is not fair. Socialism is not fair. Fairness in the kingdom is like socialism that your government wants to put on you. I'm kingdom. I'm not political. But if I'm a billionaire and you think I got to give all my money away, if you give your money away, just give a million to each person, everybody will have a million until tomorrow. Because whatever I did to get that billion, I'm going to get your million I gave you tomorrow. I know how to get it. Coming after it. I got a machine to get that money from you. All I got to do is show you some shoes, some diamonds. Some real hair from India. I get that money. <laughs> it will not work. You have to work. You have to work it. Whether that it is in your life, you have to work that thing. You can't play it safe. Keep it at home. I'm just going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see what the Lord going to do. He done already did what he finna do. He gave you something that now you have to use. Tell somebody it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. This is not necessarily going to be easy. But it's an expectation. So here, it's not fair. God prefers addition. Or multiplication over maintenance. Here it is what you gave me. God says that's wickedness. Because I put you here and gave you dominion. And then I told you, be fruitful. I told you to multiply. That's the deal we, that's the deal we had in the beginning. <laughs> the deal we had in the beginning is that you'd be fruitful. You'd bear fruit. You'd multiply. You subdue, and you would have dominion. That's the deal we made. That's where we're at. Well, God, this is what happened. I don't want to know what happened. I want, you to, I want you to show me how you gained by trading. Glory to God, and thank you to all of you, and you're going to have an amazing next 12 months. Because in the Shemitah, you can't plant. Let me go talk. In the Shemitah, you have to let the land rest. You don't, plant, you don't plant wheat, barley, or anything. Because the miracle comes in the seventh year, the Shemitah, where God gives you the miracles of what you planted the year before. So if you sat around in that last season... Your harvest will be minimal or none at all. As the stock market crashes, people are going to cash now. Our Jewish brothers and sisters understand this. I'm sorry to tell you, but your Islamic brothers understand this. Your Palestinian, they understand this. They're going to cash now because they know in the next 12 months, land, everything else is going to be available. Everything's going to be available, but cash will be king. And they're not planting now in Israel. They're not planting crops because it's the Shemitah year. So everything you've done up until now, that's why I'm talking about this Sunday. Y'all know I didn't want to be at church today. <laughs> you didn't want to be here either. But we got four days. We got a few days. We got a few days for you to go back and dust off what God told you a year ago. Pull those notes out of your iPhone. Get, get that thing you said you were going to do. Pull that out in the next four days. And go before God and say, God, I haven't done what I was supposed to do, but tomorrow I am. So that in the next four days you have left in this calendar year, you can repent, get yourself on track, and let God give you some miracles over the next few months. 
So put them all up there. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what we need to do. You got to see God right. His name is not Fluffy. He's a king. He created you to be a king or queen. That's why you were created. See him right. God, are you telling me, I mean, you telling me you're excellent and you want me to be excellent? You do what you say, so you want me to do what I say? You want me to follow through on my plans? You want me to keep my commitments? You want me to be honest in front of people? You want me, you want me to stop talking about people and talk to people? You want me to be excellent because you're excellent? Yes. He does. It's his expectation. It's his expectation. Number two, say it with me. See yourself right. <laughs> if you see him right, then you should be looking in the mirror. Say it. Whoever he is. Whoever he is. <laughs> I was going to say I'm his. Whoever he is, <laughs> I am. When I look in the mirror, when I see God, I should see myself. And when I don't, I should simply repent. You got to see yourself right. If God gave me a talent, it means he believes I can expand it. He never would have given me a mina. He never would have given me a talent. He never would have given me the dollar. He never would have given it to me if he didn't think I could multiply it or add to it. But when I don't see myself right, people see you as a caterpillar because you see yourself as a caterpillar. And when you, whatever you see yourself as, that's how people treat you because you walk in the room before you walk in the room. Closing, closing on some stuff and going to court, going to court. And, and people would see me in court. I was in court because a guy was suing me. So I showed up as my own lawyer. I showed up as my own lawyer. So in the courtroom, the judge recognized me. And people recognized, oh, that's Pastor Martin. That's Pastor Martin. That's Pastor Martin. What church? I think he, yeah, I saw him on TV. He on TV. Da, da, da. He was on TV. What's he doing up in here? I mean, what's, why didn't he bring a lawyer with him? And he's like, hmm pastor when the judge asked me to talk I said here's my evidence your honor I tried to settle with this man here's the check I tried to send him he sent it back he has been unjust and I refuse to pay him this is unjust aren't you a pastor not right now I'm not my name is Martin Williams that's what's getting ready to happen right here. The judge put his head down. He laughed. I'm like, <laughs> he like, you something else. And he told the man, he said, you should have took the money when he offered it to you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, don't let this suit fool you. I tell him, don't let these eyelashes on fleek fool you either. <laughs> when we come up in here, <laughs> this right here, this right here is... Business, business, business. So you got to see your self right. Do you deserve it? Are you worth it? Then use it. Don't let a bankruptcy keep you from investing, don't let a divorce keep you from remarrying. Dumb Christians want to talk you out of stuff because they say you failed. As long as you're still alive, you have failed nothing. Do it over till you get it right. And if they ask you who told, tell them I told you. Just tell them. You know, Martin told us that. Send them to me. I'll help them out. 
Well, this is what she did. This is what he did. And they don't deserve the whatever. They don't deserve that. You know, this, the Bible says, and I said, the Bible also says God is God and you ain't. Just leave them alone. You don't have to help people you hate or love or hurt people you hate. Just leave them alone. And there are some people in your life you just need to tell them, just leave me alone. Stop texting me. Stop DMing me. Just, just leave me alone. I'll be fine. Number three. You writing this down? Yes. All right. Hang out with people who put pressure on you to be better. What if he had just hang out with the dudes that did 10 and 5? If he had been golfing with them, them dudes would have been saying, what you doing with your Mina? Oh, I hit it. It's in, it's in the barn. I had to put that up in the safe deposit box. When he come back, I'm going to whip it out. Say, daddy, whoop daddy. They said, boy, you, been to, you finna be in trouble. Girl, you better go get that Mina and give it before the Lord. Go do something with it. Put it in the bank. Don't do that. You must don't know who Jesus is. What if he had hung out with someone who was putting pressure on him? Why do we always try to avoid the people who expect us to live better? Why don't we want to hang out with her no more? We don't want to hang out with her. We can pick her up at 12 midnight. We can go to lunch with her, and every time she come out of the house, she dressed. She's like, where are we going? What are we finna do? What's up? She don't want to talk about him. She want to talk about you. So what business are you in? How did you finish that? Did you call them, those people back? Did you pay that bill? That's what she wants to know. And you're like, I don't like her. Mm-mm. No, you don't like her because you don't like yourself. And all she's trying to do is make you better. Hang out with people who force you to be better. You can't play in the NBA playing sandlock basketball with your younger brothers. Say this with me. It takes a special person. Say it with me. It takes a special person to take stuff in this world that doesn't belong to them. It takes a special person to do some of the stuff we do, isn't it, Teresa? It takes a special person to be in a room where everybody in the room don't know how you got it. They don't want you to have it. They don't know what this came from. It takes a special person to say, no, I'm up in this room. The system that was built was built so that you would not even make the attempt. Just don't try. Just don't try. Don't try. Stay away from that. People like you never get this done. Statistics, this man will tell you, a computer program, he can take numbers and make them say anything you want. So all the stats you read about people like you, they never doing nothing. They're not achieving nothing. Those stats don't matter. You got to have stats in your head. Those stats that are in your head and your heart because of who you are, those are the stats that matter. People say, nobody gets it done. Just one out of a million. Say, hey, I'm that one in a million, then. You got to see yourself right. What was my next one? What was my next one? Why are you pushing back on those who are trying to help you? Can I tell you the truth? I'm going to tell you the truth. I was hanging out with Dr. Monroe. He wanted me to teach at his first conference. So he said, I want you to put together an outline. This outline was collegiate outline. I'd never done one like this before. So I'm sending outlines, and Dr. Monroe would have his college professor send them back to me. He said, that's not right. Do this over. I'm a grown man, wife and two kids. Do this over. That's not what I asked for. This is not what I asked for. This is not what I asked for. Seven times I had to send that thing back. He said, this is not up to my standard. This is not up to my standard. He didn't ask me about my standard. He's telling me, if you want to teach on this platform, And man, I was loving it. It was like a man in my life that's 
pushing and challenging and beat me over the head. It was so beautiful to me. But when I got to the conference, after I taught, and y'all know it was good now. You know it was good, don't you, bro? Because he made me work. He made me think. He made me find my voice. But I was out with my brothers, his sons. And one of his sons said, Dr. Monroe is a hard man. He expects more out of people than what they can give. It's just not fair. So in the middle of it, in the middle of it, I stood up. And I said, look, I love y'all. Y'all my brothers. But I don't ever want to talk to you again. And for the first time in a long time, Pastor Linnell didn't... Uh, knee me under the table because usually she would say Martin what are you doing <laughs> sit down she didn't I said he's the only man that stood in front of me and said that's not good enough there is more in you and I said and y'all are trying to talk me into walking away from the man who's pushing me who notices what I'm doing, who challenges me and refuses to accept something lower than who I am. So I can't deal with y'all. I can live if I lose y'all. But I cannot develop without him. Bye. Later on in the conference, Martin, we didn't really mean that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You meant it. You just didn't know what I was going to say. You just thought I was weak. Yeah. Yeah. No, Martin, we, we didn't really mean, yes, you, you meant it. How do we make this right? I said, y'all need to go repent to dad. You need to go talk to him. You need to go and tell him and ask him, how does he want you to see, how does, how does he want you to see him? So in the meeting, he called me in. He said, how do I see you? I said, Dad, I, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you challenging me. I said, but let me show you what happened in my life. While you, were, while you were making me do that outline over and over and over again, I transferred some of those skills. I transferred some of those skills to business and real estate. I realized why I was not accepted in some rooms. I wasn't excellent enough to be in that room. I wasn't prepared enough. I was still waking up at nine in the morning. That outline made me have to get up at six. I had to start building my own repertoire. I had to find out my own words. How do I walk, hold a mic? How do I approach an audience? You taught me how to do that and now I'm using it in other areas. You can't walk away from everybody who's challenging you. You know it's good if it's uncomfortable. And some of y'all, people are telling you, you make them uncomfortable. But if they don't leave you, keep being uncomfortable to them. Keep being uncomfortable. Bruh, what you doing? Why are we doing this? I thought you were my friend. I am your friend. That's why I'm talking to you. Your other friends are talking about you. I'm talking to you. And I'm telling you, we can't do this. I do have people who are, don't know what to do with me. I get it. It happens eventually. It happens eventually. It's eventual. They love me because I'm challenging them. Then they don't like me because I keep challenging them. Because this dude up here, when he go home, he the same dude. If he golfing with you, he's the same dude. When we in the cart, uh, what you doing? You doing anything I can get involved in? Anything important in your life? How's your wife? What are your children doing? Do you have their college paid for? Do you have a job created for your kids yet? Hmm? Can you pay all your children once they graduate? 
or they're going to have to go get a job from someone else. Well, I don't like you, Martin. Then don't invite me to golf because this is what it is going to be right here. How is your daughter? Well, she says something happening at school. Did you go to the school? No, I can't get off work. Quit the job. Go to school. Show up at school with your daughter and say, listen, what's happening up in here? <laughs> this is my daughter. Once they see you, everything changes. Just go one time. It didn't work out, pastor. What do you mean it didn't work out? It didn't work out. What are you talking about it didn't work out? It didn't work out. What does that mean, James? That it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Is you still alive? Then there's another opportunity for it to. I'm going to go finish the leftovers. Number five, managed pride hurts and misunderstanding. You seen the movie Rudy? The coach went to Rudy and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm quitting. And the coach said, I quit too. I quit because they were discriminating against me. They wouldn't let a black man play at Notre Dame. And he said, I was wrong for quitting. <laughs> I should have never quit. I should have stayed on the team. And you should stay on the team. You got to learn how to deal with the misunderstandings, miscommunications, that you've been hurt, and you got to deal with your pride. Six, don't bury your gifts. Don't bury them. Use them. Seven, ask for help. Ask for help. If you don't know what to do with the dollar, go talk to an investor. If you really want to get your body in shape, go talk to someone who knows how to do that. Ask for help. If you don't know how to start a business, go to someone. If your marriage is failing and you want some advice, find somebody who has a good one. Ask for help. Well, I don't want anybody to know about my marriage. Well. Go to someone with a license and a certification to protect. Because if they tell anybody about what you're going through in your marriage, you can sue them. Don't go to Uncle Floyd for your taxes. If you're really in trouble with the IRS, get a real CPA with a certification to lose. Pay them the money to do it. Don't treat yourself at home. If you're sick, go see a doctor. Well, doctors kill people. No, people kill people too. At least go get diagnosed. Is this too much? Tell your neighbor now, you can't play it safe now. It's not going to work. Say it again to your neighbor. You can't play it safe. Tell somebody, you can't play it safe. Because to whoever has, more will be given. And to him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away from him. And what is the thing that can be taken away when you have nothing is opportunities. And I love you. Please. Please, please, go look at your list. Go look at your desires, 421. Did you act on them? Did you try to get it done? Did you try and fail and try and fail? Did you stay in the game? Did you continue to push forward? even with the mask on your face? Or did you just sit and just wait? I'm gonna wait till this is over. Can I tell y'all something? 
whatever COVID is, it ain't going to be over. The world has changed. It is never going back. Church has changed. It is never, ever going back. COVID, you're going to be taking the COVID shot just like the flu shot for a long time. Called the booster now. Am I anti a four? Neither. Do what you want. It's up to you. But the situation it has created is never going to change. This is it. The only thing you can change is you. Make a commitment right now to change. Don't stand up. Don't lift your hands. Don't even say hallelujah. Make a decision in your soul right now. I'm going to change me. I'm going to change me. I'm going to change what I do. I'm going to change how I think. I'm going to change my critical mouth. I'm going to change my view of the world. I'm going to, I'm going to change this thing in my head that says I might lose again. I'm going to change. I'm going to work on me. I'm going to wake up early and work on me. Before I go to bed at night, I'm going to work on me. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to spend time in the Word. I'm going to get in a group with some animals, some carnivores. Tired of dealing with these plant eaters. I don't mean vegetarians. But I want to be in that group that knows how to chase something down. Kill it and eat it. I want to be in that group that challenges me. That group that makes me afraid. That group that lifts me up. That group that, that says, what are you doing, Martin? Am I making sense? Last story. My wife was pregnant with Joshua. Pregnant with Joshua. And the Lord said, okay, go and buy your first house. Buy your first house. Didn't know what that meant. I knew we didn't have the money. I knew it all. So I went to the guy at the bank. And he says to me, he says to me, we can't present this yet. We can't present this loan application. Right? He said, this is why. He told me why. He was very kind. So I went home. Two weeks he called me, which was rare. His name was Marv Valla. I love him. He was an elder at his Lutheran church, a man of God. I didn't know at the time. He says, Martin, you didn't come back and see me last week. He says, you're not getting ready to do what most people do, are you? I said, what do most people do? He said, they give up after the first meeting. He says, you're not getting ready to do that, are you, Martin? You're not going to do that to your wife, are you, Martin? You're not going to do that to your children, are you, Martin? You're not going to... I said, you come see me at my office. When he got to my office, I showed him all the paperwork. I said, you said these five things. This is what I've done. I wrote them a letter. I called them over there. I did this. I paid that off. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm negotiating with this visa bill right now. I owe them 1000 I offered them 100 They took it. He says, you've been working. I said, my name's Martin, man. I want a house. I don't care. I, I'm not going to be up here and talk about y'all don't want me to have a house. I'm finna get me a house. That's what's getting ready to happen. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't have time to blame you for something I can control. If those are the rules to get this house, that's what I'm fixing to do. Now, we didn't, we didn't eat for a few months, but we bought that house and paid it off in five. Bought the next house, paid it off in four. Bought the next house and paid it off in three because of the principles my friend Marv taught me on how to do real estate. Now, if I'd been mad at him for pushing me, calling me and saying, no, you got to do that over. That's not, a big, that's not a big enough credit score. You got to get rid of There's one more thing on your credit score. I said, man, I tried to get it off. I tried to get it off. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let, they, I don't know how to get it off. He says, I don't know how to tell you to get it off either. He said, I don't know the answer for this one. So I called him. I said, look, you're the last thing on my credit report. I got to get this off. I'm one step away from getting my family house. Well, you now by this time it's in the collector's hands. Y'all know collectors. They mean, they just want that money, right? I said, I said, uh, 
I need you to negotiate. We are not negotiating with you. You should have never done that. City, the city, the city, C-I-T-I. That's who it was. Yeah, 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 back in the day. You got to pay them, so you got to pay us. You're in collections, and we're going to put it. It's already on my credit report. And I said, ma'am, I really appreciate you doing your job. No, I did. I said, can I speak to your boss? No, my boss told me. I said, no, it says right here on the Internet that if I ask to speak to your boss, you, you have to let me speak to your boss. It, aren't we being recorded? She says, yes, we are. I said, I just want to speak. I just want to speak to her. She is not going to. I said, I know. I just want to speak to her. When her boss got on the phone, I said, ma'am, here's my record. I have paid all these bills off. I need to buy a house. And you can look at my credit report now, and you can tell you're the last thing on my credit report. Ma'am, I'm just asking for favor. Give me a chance to pay this off. She said, Mr. Williams, rarely do people call me and talk to me about this the way you have. And I'm like, that's wonderful, but am I going to get anything for calling you? <laughs> she said, Mr. Williams, can you get us $300 in the next two weeks? I said, yes, ma'am, I can get you that money. I, have, I did not have a dime. $300 out of $2,000? I said, I'm going to find that money. We paid that thing off, walked into that house, and that's what tenacity looks like. That's what resilience looks like. And tell your neighbor, you can do this. Tell your neighbor, you have to do this. You don't have a choice anymore. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord himself keep you. May the Lord cause his face to smile on you. May the Lord give you peace. Ooh. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Anywhere in your life. Say it with me. I will be bold. I will be strong. I will be assertive, but not aggressive. I'm going to dig up my talent. I'm going to place it before the Lord. And I'm going to ask me what he wants me to do with it. But I am done playing it safe. you to bless others. I'm going to give you two minutes. Don't leave this room. I'm going to give you two minutes to look someone in the face. It could be your family or another person and just tell them